The role of the modern day pastor and ministry leader is changing. More and more pastors around the world today are ministry leaders who are doing multiple jobs and wearing multiple hats. They are bivocational or co-vocational leaders. They may be pastors looking for creative ways to use their church or staff to create income and revenue for sustainability. They may be ministry leaders who are looking for ways to launch for-profit initiatives or integrate innovation into their organization. They may be those who want to do missions globally and find creative ways to create sustainability. Or they may be marketplace leaders who are called to stay in the marketplace, but want to be part-time pastors, lay pastors, start ministries or nonprofits. This is the age of a new ministry leader. They wear different hats and do different things. They are technologically savvy and global. They are who God is using to make an impact in cities and communities around the world. This is the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader Podcast, and these are their stories. Well, good morning, everyone. We are back once again. Hey, look, the first time I met Keith Getty was through Bob Dahl. And so I've gotten a chance to talk with you a couple of times. The last time I talked with you, Keith, was you were sitting in Ireland eating fish and chips in your car and you were taking a break and we got a chance to squeeze an interview. So welcome back again. That's right. We were actually, that was, was that the day we were following Amy Carmichael? Yes, you were following Amy Carmichael I, that day. Hear me slapping food into my mouth as I was talking and stuff. And I <laughs> You were wonderful. You had the kids in the car and you had to, they were quiet for a while and you were great. That's great. Well, I'm glad it worked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my friend, you guys are back now. How was your trip to Ireland? You know, it was just one of the most beautiful experiences of our lives. You know, I, I had just turned 45. Kristen had just turned 40. I'd completed 20 years of writing hymns. Kristen had completed 10 years of of raising of giving birth to kids and yeah. uh, and uh, as, as well as being involved of course in the hymns not, not not that she wasn't involved in the hymns or i wasn't involved in the kids but but um so, so for us it was a beautiful season um very conscious you know it was just long enough to be very conscious that we're we're hitting the second half of our lives and uh, yeah. whether we're whether we're in the 99th percentile or the 51st we really don't know but um it sure is you know the 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 joy of the Lord is our strength, but also the importance of eternity means that every minute counts, that, that all of us, like Christ, like the Apostle Paul, live in a fight every day. And so we want to make sure that the, the important stuff really counts. Yeah. One of the things that I'm reading, uh, that you guys went to Ireland and you had a chance to reconnect. You reconnected with your history your family, you learn about the Scottish-Irish history, how that music and faith heritage flowed to America and influenced the church. Talk to me a little bit about what you learned during your time in Ireland. Sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, we went home, we we were living, we live in the very north coast, a little town called Bushmills. Um, and we're, so we're, we're within 20 minutes of 14 different beautiful beaches. And, uh, we just got to live life slower. You know, I think that's the first thing I'd say is there's not a lot of life that is holier or healthier by being in a hurry. And yet, mm. yet despite all the warnings of scripture, we live every day in that state of hurry, don't we? And uh, yeah, we, we do. Lives again. So I think that was important. And uh, um, I think secondly, you know, just being thankful for our heritage, our, our parents and grandparents who brought us faith and the beauty of Ireland. One day I was up in a little town called Ballycastle looking at the Mull of Kintyre across in Scotland because it's only 12 miles across. 
and uh, thinking about thinking about St. Patrick, you know, who brought Christianity to Ireland in the fourth century. Um, and of course, he himself was a hymn writer. He wrote the Confessio, and he wrote and he wrote the Breastplate. And uh, thinking about the Irish, I'm thinking specifically about the Scots Irish or the Ulster Scots, as we call them. And uh, you know, until the 1980s, for example, Northern Ireland had mo sent more missionaries to the world per head of population than any yeah. other place in the world. That 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 that's actually now been superseded by by South Korea. Would you believe? Um, but um, but to think of that legacy of centuries, 17th yeah. century, of faithful tradesmen, yeah. and farmers, and pastors, and teachers, and artists, and moms, uh, who all passed it on, passed on the promise, and so it's a it's an amazing. It's just an amazing, an amazing thing, and then, and then all the worries we have for our own children, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was an amazing thing to think about that, and then of course, in particular, when when you live in the north coast of Ireland, you think particularly of not just the witness, the missionary work to the world, but you think of, you think of specifically the the migrations to America, and how the, the Scotch Irish are still the most dominant people group in in the, in the Midwest and the South, and in, in what's known as the yeah. Bible. America and, yeah. how, and how and how our faith has informed faith and music and culture and all of these things so it's a it really is a fascinating uh, journey yeah. um it's, it's a fascinating journey and so we just basically put together a collection of songs that were the songs that inspired us you know that that very much have that irish american uh, sense of 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 journey to it as well yeah. How, how do you think it changed how you and Kristen looked at music and how you sang and as you roll hymns? How did that change you during your trip? Well, I think there were several things. I said, I think, it, I mean, obviously, going back to the first answer, I think just doing things slower is important. Yeah. I, th I think really jumping into the Irish and the American folk music. I mean, for example, we set St. Patrick's Confessio as the opening track, and it was, yeah. set, it, it was set to a tune that that we call farewell to Balamoney, which is my dad's hometown. But before us, the Scottish called it courting as a pleasure. It was a little dance they sang. And then after us, the Americans have a, as a bluegrass tune called Charming Molly. So different cultures, you know. So it's interesting that the interplay of art, art, music, and art, and food, and all of these things. Got it. So now this is for someone who doesn't write songs. You do on a daily basis. Do you and Kristen then sit down at night and write songs? Do you guys do it in the afternoon? Do you do it when things inspire? What's your pattern, even when you were traveling? How did you guys write these songs? How did you guys develop these songs? Well, this project was a lot. We, what we did was we did a lot of the hymns that really had informed our childhood. So we took When right. I we, we did When I Surveyed to the tune of The Water is Wide, you know, Willy Willy, which again is another, the Appalachian mountains claim that it's their folk tune but the celts also claim that it's their folk tune as well <laughs> we did a setting of amazing grace um because obviously the that the irish claim that's an irish melody and my my african -American, oh, really? okay african-american friends like kirk Willem claim that it's an african melody and so what we did was Kristen and dana masters who's a brilliant african-american singer who sings for van morrison so she lives in northern ireland um, she and Kristen did a duet, and then Kirk Whalem and myself, I played piano with Kirk yeah. Whalem. So that was kind of a little tribute to that song and its history. We did a version of Be Than My Vision. 
for 20 years, people have asked Kristen to sing Be Thou My Vision, and we finally done it. So it was great. And uh, we did a version of it as well with my solo for a new movie uh, on Sabina Wormbrand, um, which, yes. of course, which, of course, came out of a ship journey to Ireland, um, which is how the whole story came to be. And uh, so... You know, it was it was fun. so a lot of traditionalists we wrote some new wrote some some different kinds of songs, some instrumental music, and then we wrote some new songs. The the best loved new song at the minute, of course, we, we took we did, we we remixed the version that Kristen and Alison Christ did it from Christ Alone, which is just wonderful. And then what we did was we took Pass the Promise. This new song, so some new yes. song, this song Pass the Promise, which is written by Kristen and Sandra McCracken. If you're wondering if you're wondering why I wasn't a writer on it. I was babysitting the kids that day. So the one day, the one day that I didn't write, the one day that I was actually looking after all the kids and trying to stop them cry, was the one day we wrote the big song. You know, so what does Wonderful. that tell? What does that tell you? I, I'm going to be a professional babysitter. I think that's my kind of future. But, but that song, that song is a really special song, and it's and it, in a, in a funny way, in one hour over a lunchtime, Kristen and Sandra basically grabbed the essence of the project. It sounds really it sounds Irish. It's something the church can sing. It's something families can sing. It's a setting of scripture. It's a setting of, it's a setting, it's a, it's a plea for the next generation of children that they will not let go what they have. It is, it is a song that sounds ancient, but it's a song that we hope will be sung for many years. So, yeah. And probably it's, uh, at least from what I'm seeing from the title, it's a song that you could pass on to your kids and they'll always remember that's a message you want to communicate to them. That's exactly right, sir. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Now, now, besides Perrin, I know you as a wonderful entrepreneur. You're always doing different things, but music is probably your primary thing. It seems like you now are back on tour again. The bus is all revved up. The kids have their bunk beds. How is that like right now? Well, we're just we're doing the Christmas tour, which we're very excited about. Um, we, we we've basically committed ourselves. We were obviously we announced in 2019 we were starting the arena tours, and obviously we've we've had to postpone the arena tours because of COVID. So that's that's been a bit of a dis disappointment in some ways. But the great thing is, we basically sat down as a group and said, let's commit one weekend a month to doing something um, for churches. And so we did. We've done we've done 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 the first couple of those, and it's been great. We've had the girls. I, I got to tell you. You know, as much as we weren't expecting to be doing a church's tour, and as hard as it is traveling during a pandemic, and it is hard, yeah. our team carries so much burden with that. But as difficult as that is, the joy and the ministry and the intensity of these concerts is just incredible. Really, Good. really incredible. Yeah. So um, we have loved that. And we're so excited. The Christmas tour, we launched 12, we play in 12 cities. Very, very excited about that. And uh, and so that 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 goes out on the tenth to the twenty third. We're playing Carnegie Hall on the sixteenth. So if any good. if any of you want to celebrate Christmas in Carnegie Hall and go to New York, this year's concert is going to be really special. We have Kirk Willem and Dana Masters and John Patitucci joining us. We're looking forward to hopefully having some other guests as well. So yeah, what are the other cities that you will be in, Keith? We're playing the Skirmahorn in Nashville. Um, and then we're playing a group of churches all around the country, from Texas to St. Louis to um, man, I've just gone completely blank on your Memphis. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no problem. For those who are listening in, we will uh, make sure that we check if we're playing in your city. We'd love to see you. You got it. Hey, so. Keith, how does this work a lot of times with, I mean, tangibly, when you guys travel, you guys are on the road, school, homework, all of that, how, how does that work out for you and Kristen? 
Well, we, again, we don't, we're, we're primarily home with the kids. Now, I mean, yeah. in the old days, used to do the national, in the old days, we used to do the national hymn tour every October and the Irish Christmas tour every December. When you've kids at school, you can't disappear for 29 days in October. Yeah. So we just do one weekend. So okay. the girls haven't missed a lot of school. Um, good, 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 good. Uh, one of the weekends, this weekend, we're going out by ourselves to do a private event. The second, the October weekend, it was half, was, was half term, was, was was fall break. And so they were able to, actually able to leave exactly on fall break, which was perfect. The, se the September trip, they, they only missed one day. So it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not bad. Yeah. And from what I saw on social media, they all have their bunk beds. They have different yeah. things on the bus. And they're all singing in the show. So they all come out at the very end of the first half. Good. And uh, and they love past the promise. Of course, they love singing past the promise. So that's been a that's been a big deal. Yeah, Keith. Uh, how many kids do you have, my friend? I got four daughters, ten, seven, six, three. They say it gets way easier when they're teenagers. I believe them. How did you have to encourage them, or maybe you just didn't, for them to have the courage to go out on the stage to look at, uh, at the audience, that thousands of people in the audience, and not be stage fright? Well, I don't know. Gosh, I mean, well, I think the first thing I would say is. You know, they sang hymns probably 500 to 1,000 nights of their lives in their okay. before. They, so they're not going on stage and singing something they don't know. They're singing songs that are second nature to them. You know, um, when Christy and I first got married, we lived in the Swiss Alps. And and all the all the little kids that were four or five and six used to fly past us in the slopes. Christy was a good skier. I was a terrible skier. And so, um, you know, it was we used to finish and go, when did you learn to ski? I ever seen one of the kids, when did you learn to ski? And they went, uh, I have no memory of not skiing. Yeah. There's no memory. Yeah. And so for our girls, mm -hmm. we've tried to bring them up singing the songs of the Lord. That at nighttime, yeah. we don't we don't turn it into a class. It's just a whole bunch of fun. Dad's sitting in the beanbag with a guitar. They're maybe climbing on his shoulders or whatever, or lying in bed half asleep. But we just sing some songs. And that's just yeah. what we do. So, mm -hmm. so in one sense, we, we they only get on for two songs. They get on for two songs. And they get paid twenty bucks a show, or they're called twenty bucks a show. So, um, so yes, we're having to raise some more funds for that. But um, yeah. so they're, they're they're having fun. They're 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 earning they're earning money to buy their iPads at Christmas. So we're excited. Good, good. So after they're done with two songs, what do they do? Do they just sit in the green room? Do they sit in the stage? Watch no, you guys. Do but they've got a wonderful team, and so they get they get they get taken care of, and then they go to bed and stuff. So it's great. Okay, very, very good. How do you use these songs? And for me, I have a daughter of seven years old and a daughter of two years old. How do you allow these songs to minister to them and help them to grow in their faith? Um, gosh, well, we're not real professionals at that. I mean, we just have music playing in the house. We just play music to them. And, and I know there's lots of people who are more gifted as teachers who like to teach things and create curriculum programs or create family, formal family devotions. And that's great. I'm glad they do. Um, that's not really our style. You do it the way you do it. I mean, ultimately, yeah. ultimately your kids love what you love. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they want to see us loving something that they can love too, you know, and, uh, and so, so if either, if we love it and our lives are not, well, all of our lives are in contradiction sometimes, but if, if our lives are not in vast contradiction to it, then they love it too. I think that's the first thing. I think I will say Kristen some nights will take time to teach them. Kristen, Kristen is a born teacher, so she's good at that. Um, uh, we do do a bit of that too. Got it. You know, uh, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about Ireland. Too often, sometimes as Americans, we have a one-track mind. 
Americans are the leaders. People need to learn from us. We're the ones that provide the funding. But man, the world has changed. The global world has changed. Tell me about Ireland. Tell me about what the Lord is doing in Ireland, how the city has changed. Well, you know, in, in many ways, Ireland is similar to America. You know, if we step back, you know, look, we live in the most exciting generation in history to be Christians. In terms of Christian growth, there are more Christians in the world. The Bible is in more languages. There are a larger number of conversions every year. And the opportunity to communicate, whether it's through air travel, even though we've had a pandemic, but certainly through the internet and communication, yeah. allows us to communicate more freely and more widely than we've ever been able to do. So we live in an exciting time. For, for the six continents of the world, Christianity is growing and growing significantly. Um, but Ireland and America both fit the continents that is not growing. We, um, and uh, so I think, I think, you know, we need to, we like Americans, we need to, yeah. we need to, um, you know, turn to the Lord. We need to repent of our sins. We need to realize the grace that is Christ. And then we need to live every moment of our lives with joy, with the joy that only Christ brings, not with annoying faces that you want to get annoyed with, but with just joy that is generous to people, that loves the Lord, yeah. that, loves, that loves others enough to tell them about the gospel, to warn them, to warn them about the fear of hell, to let them know the beauty of Christ and how it enriches every part of our lives and our families too. Very, very good. Uh, as we've talked about in the past, you are one of my favorite entrepreneurs. You always seem to have your hands doing different things. One of the things that you do besides songwriting and concerts and all that is the Sing Conference. Talk to me about the Sing Conference and how it's grown as well, too. Oh, we're, we're very encouraged. This year, obviously, the conference is now a, com is, is a, is a complete hybrid conference. So you can go to the live festival in Nashville. Which, which we've just done the early bird, and we've just we've had more people register for the early bird than we've ever had by a factor of over a thousand. That's how fast it's growing. We're so excited, um, and uh, and then we also then on the online conference, so you can do part of the online conference, and with all of these, you get a free subscription to our our our, our teaching each year that we do online too. So you can be part of that there, and enjoy that. So 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 we're excited about it excited about what it stands for and uh, excited about the future. Yeah, because a lot of times from what I've seen, Keith, and I know my friend Bob Dog attends the conference all the time, it is just not a bunch of singers getting together, worship leaders getting together. You're bringing in pastors, teachers from different cultures to speak into how to song write, what it means to worship leader. What, what, what's your hope? What's your impact, not only for the U.S., but around the world that the Sing Conference will do? Well, I mean, it really fits in with our whole company's mandate, which is, you know, in 2050, we think about a world with our grandchildren. And uh, all these things are, of course, in the direction and the will of the Lord. But we want to see believers that are deeper in the word. We want to see believers that are more creative and imaginative and uh, have a higher view of, of the arts and creativity. But thirdly, we want to see families and churches more united and more together. And that's what that's been our, our mantra since the start, since we wrote the hymn in Christ Alone back in the year 2001. Yeah. Since we since we wrote the hymn catalog that many of your churches use, since we moved to Nashville and created the family of companies that are developing that, since we started the hymn conference and built this whole team of writers who are all writing such wonderful songs and now looking to the future with the Sing Hymnal and the foundation and all the things we're doing globally. That that really is the goal is to, and so getting them together at the same conference, you just get this crazy mix of mm. pastors and Bible people with really serious people in the arts, with people who are just really trying to help their family or their churches sing. Good. 
Good. Two last questions. The first one is, out of all the songs that you've written, out of all the songs that you've sung, is there one that resonates with you personally? You know, it's always the most recent song. It's almost the most recent song. Um, obviously, you know, and, and Christ alone has been the most influential. Yeah. And, and and of the most recent hymn is Christ Our Hope in Life and Death, which yeah. is becoming, becoming increasingly influential. I think I think the one that at the minute that resonates the most is Past the Promise. Good. Because I'm putting I'm getting up in the morning with my four girls. I'm putting yeah. them night. And there are some things that are happening around us that yeah. are just terrifying. Yeah. Very, very so, good. Promises past the promise is really, I mean, it's. It, I joke that it was Kristen and uh, Sandra, and it certainly was. But it echoes the, it echoes the prayer and the hope of so many Christians around the world. Very, very good. Past the promise. Is there a line that resonates with you within that song, Past the Promise? Past the promise to our sons and daughters, God Most High, God our Father, we bear witness. I mean, it's simple, simple. Yeah. Last thing is right behind you is a picture of Bach that we see featured prominently. Why do you have that picture up? How does he influence your songwriting? Sure. Bach was my hero. This was my 40th birthday present. Uh, a friend of ours painted this. And, uh, you know, Bach began every piece of work with uh, a German phrase, which means Jesus help. And he finished every piece with Soli Deo Gloria, um, to God's glory alone. And uh, I hope I start every day with that. And I hope that all of us, whether we're a entrepreneur or a professor or a lawyer or a mother um, or a retiree or a student um, can begin each day with the Lord and can end each day uh, with the work of their hands being given in, in uh, as an offering of worship to him. Keith Getty, it's always an honor. Uh, you could find more. If they wanted more information on the Christmas tour, where can they go? Gettymusic.com slash George. We'd love to see you at one of the events. They're going to be magnificent this year. And lots of the songs from Confessio, including Past the Promise, are going to be in that. Very good. And it looks like the uh, the music has released uh, at the end of October. So this is going to be fun. You're going to be a very, very busy person this winter. Well, we're never bored. <laughs> we'll talk soon, Keith. Thanks so much. All the best. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Grow Center's Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader Podcast. To stay connected, make sure you subscribe to the Grow Center channel, rate and review this episode, and make sure to share on your social media platforms. We would love for you to follow along with the Grow Center on Instagram and Facebook at Grow Center Network and our website at www.thegrowcenter.com. See you next time.